And welcome to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. My name is Prime LOL Chris Chung. Uh, welcome back, all. Miss you. It's been a week. I had to take the week off, traveling, all that. Um, so I kind of missed out on discussing the week before, where you know, kind of had a good, but also ending poorly. But then we have this week that we have to break down in terms of the LCS. Uh, what I do will cover just in a brief moment is some of our other uh, Evil Geniuses League, such as our NACL League, which is ongoing right now. It is Monday, uh, July 17th. The Monday slate is going on right now, and I believe we are playing against uh, another tough competition. Let me see. We are slated to play... Uh, it's not showing up right now for me, but um, try to look up on my iPad, pick a band, score, team roster schedule. Uh, in any case, yeah, I know yesterday we went 1-1 against Team Liquid Honda, no Team Liquid Challenger. And that, my friend, is a huge deal that we can match against these uh, tougher opponents. And then uh, we... Uh, we played against... Who do we play against today? Oh, man. Andrea, you let me down by not posting it. I know it's ongoing right now. Perhaps uh, I'm going to click on this link to see. Oh, it's going to pop up on my feed right now. It is... Nope, they're not playing right now. So they were. They were earlier. In any case... Uh, we are going into the playoffs. Uh, one of the fun things to know is that we are going on the, I believe, on the lower bracket here, the NACL playoff picture. We will be playing against FlyQuest Challengers. And, you know, speaking of FlyQuest, we will break down a lot of what they have uh, done to us. Here's the little picture for you all to look at. Um, this is what the NACL future looks like for us as we are headed into the playoffs. We are number seven seed playing against the number two seed. Um, I believe that means we are the lower bracket run single series elimination. I can't remember if it's best of five or best of three, but we have to keep winning in order to stay alive. Whereas all the other ones are, I might be wrong. MU is lower than us and they play against Team Liquid. And this just might just be a, uh, a, a double elimination match, so we will have a level uh, a one up, even if we lose. Uh, we're not completely out, but you know, it's always scary. It's always scary. Uh, but that's the state of the NACL. And in terms of Valorant, I believe we're still on the off season right now. The challengers, I believe, are playing, and it's fun to watch that from time to time when I find the time um, to uh, to watch some Valorant, to learn some Valorant, and I'm hoping. One of these days, I will have special guests to help us learn how to watch a uh, Valorant game and break down and know how I can enjoy it even better so I can talk more about it as the uh, season goes on. We have an amazing run at uh, at Masters Tokyo, and that is really uh, give me the hype because it's, it's really EG type of brand to suck in the beginning nobody give them a chance then we make this like huge humongous run towards the end so let us then break down although i really don't want to we'll have to break down what happened this week in 
E-G-L-C-S. We are in week five. We were limping in. We say limping because um, we got demolished by NRG previously. And uh, let's see if it's pulling up for us. How that looks like. Um, Here we go. We get to see. Why is that not dash not showing up for us? Um, I guess it doesn't show up on the screen for y'all. My apologies. Maybe I'll just do screen share. Maybe that is the better way to uh, do this. Scoreboard. We will go back to week four. Ah, now it's not even showing on this end. Oh, boy. Oh, I know why. Do that. Okay. This will make it easier for me as well. Make things smaller, and you'll all get to see it still. Uh, hopefully make it longer. All right. So this is how we do this. We were, previous week, we destroyed Dignitas. That was not a problem for us. And then we uh, went ahead and, you know, trounced the 100 Thieves. They were still a weaker team. But then uh, NRG was a team that we could have been, except this game went south for us really fast. Like, extremely fast. They they hit uh, Revenge early. I remember this distinctly. Uh, they kept uh, harassing Revenge at the top lane. And this game just got snowballed out of hand. Finished 28 minutes quite fast. Now, when we're talking about fast, that theme doesn't slow down. We are headed into week five. This was a very tough week. It's not. I'm not going to lie. This was a very tough week for us. Um, well, we were up against the Golden Guardians, the LCS Spring Runner Up. Uh, first time we did win, so it was... Clearly could have been a toss of a 50-50, but as you can tell from this scoreboard here, uh, for those who are watching this on YouTube, um, for those who are listening on the podcast, I'll do my best to describe. Um, we lost 14 to 2 kills. We lost in record fashion, record speed fashion. It game was over in 19 minutes, 12 seconds, which is probably much shorter than this podcast that you're listening to. Uh, just breaking it down uh, where it all went south for us. Uh, let's start with just even from the pick and ban phase. Uh, Golden Guardians, blue side, Evil Geniuses, red side. We are on patch 13-13. So Golden Guardians went ahead, banned out Ivern, who is uh, seeing a lot of pick and ban presence ever since 13-13. Uh, um, not high, but from what I saw today in the LEC, what Yike did with Ivern, it can be very nasty. And so I get it. I get it. Uh, strong pick. We want to take that away from Armeo. We ban out the Rumble. Didn't want to give Licorice a, a, his, his uh, main champ. Then they banned out Sejuani. We banned out the Poppy. I think these are two good bans altogether because they're very tanky, strong, uh, top lane and jungle flex kind of play. They took away the Tristana. Probably pretty smart since you don't want Jojo Pion on the Tristana. And we took away the Aphelios. Um, 
uh, Stixay has done a lot of good things with the Aphelios and, and he Aphelios has a great presence actually he's um, probably picked more than he is banned so this ban was probably one of the rarer ones we probably couldn't figure out a way to stop his Aphelios or we, we, we had a plan in the bot lane which involves more um, early early game play so they took the LeBlanc all right, just give Gory LeBlanc good pick. Uh, we follow it up with a Kaisa Rel pick. Um, at this point, we're thinking, okay, we picked down the bot lane, and that is untrue, <laughs> as you can tell uh, from the screen up here. Rel was played in jungle, but at this point, we kept them guessing. Very good guess, right? Rel. Um, Kaisa combo. I think it's a pretty strong uh, combo right now, even for solo queue plays. Every time I see my ADC pick a Kaisa or a uh, Samira, I would go for the Rel. Rel's rework has been nothing short of um, fantastic for her. Even after the nerf to her base, dam uh, base defense and base uh, health, um, you know that didn't uh, matter much because now she's been moved to the jungle, and we'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Golden Guardians was unfazed, came with the Lover's Duo bot, uh, Zyra Khan. Then we took Renekton at top. Say what you will. I hear a lot of people on Discord really not liking the Gator, but the Gator has like a near 100% pick and ban uh, rate in the LCS, and he can do a lot of good things when enemies are grouped up. And probably that's what we were thinking about when you have the Rel. You can group up the whole team if you hit those uh, abilities right stunned uh, magnetism uh, the magnet the alt and then renekton just dives in gore drinker flash his own combo of um and then it'll be gg from that point so altogether still a strong pick assuming that uh assuming that rel was still a bot lane pick so second phase of uh pick and bands uh we banned out the jacks and want to give uh, licorice the jacks to counter the renekton uh, they banned out the Ari. We banned out the Cannon. Probably uh, wanting fewer CC issues for the whole team. Then they banned out the Jace. They really targeted JoJo in this game. And that makes sense. Right. And do I still look at the right gay, right, right play? Yeah. We took the Draven. Right. Okay. Now I this game is coming clear clearly. I mean, you all probably see it, and I, I kind of missed it. Kaisa, neither Kaisa nor Rel were the bot lane. We. I don't know if it was a panic pivot or we had this all in mind to give Jojo Pion something unexpected. So once you took the Draven, now it gets us thinking. Hey, maybe a Kaisa is going mid. Draven Rel combo is uh not the best, in my opinion. Could work if you chain it right. Not the best, though. Uh, they come back with a Cassante, one of the strongest pick champion. Always seems to be picked in, in the second half a lot. Blind, not blind, but a counter or blind, maybe. And then uh, they took the Vi, really needing to get to the back line uh, to start for out fights. Is being very interesting, and then we picked Emilio, and now everyone's confused. It's like, well, where's the Rel going? Is that Rel Jungle we're talking about here? And voila, it's confirmed, Rel Jungle. So the comp 
in it of itself is doable, but maybe in solo queue more than anything. Solo queue would be my my the 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 only way that I see how this comp might could work out. Uh, Rel jungle is not bad, but I think there were better junglers out there for to be picked. Didn't really ban out a lot of them. We still had the Kindred open. We still had you know, uh, what's another one? good? I don't think Elise is very strong anymore. Uh, we had. There was, let's see, Kindred was open, maybe Maokai was open. You know, you had choices. But we decided to go Rel Jungle. Maybe it is hindsight, maybe it's just me being very bitter about this, but we got destroyed that that game and 14-2, as you can see on the scoreboard. Uh, Armeo could do nothing, Revenge could do nothing, Jojo Pyun just did nothing, and the bot lane was a little bit neutral at the very least, but nothing. We got speed run to death, Baron wasn't even needed, boom, we lost. Alright, so, that was Wednesday. So... Gotta lick our wounds, we gotta come back, we gotta get ready for FlyQuest, who previously lost to NRG. Their playoff hopes are all but dashed. And they're in really dire strait because now their playoff hope is not within their control. Meaning even if they win out all the game, there's no guarantee that they are going to be in playoffs. Does that take off that edge? Does that take off their... Um, does that take off the... Oh, and our guest here, Knox, has joined us right on time. Oh, hello. I, I deeply, deeply apologize, Prime. My bad. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> if working with different time zones has been always chaotic for us. But I appreciate it. You're here. You're just in time as I was going through each game. And we are going into the game that you and I were going to plan on talking about tonight. <laughs> Okay, cool. so if anything, I'm just fashionably late, and I, I knew I needed to be right at yes, this moment. Yes, it was planned. We just, we'll just go with that. <laughs> Super planned. Um, I was just uh, giving the preface, you know, FlyQuest in the previous day lost to NRG. You know, playoff hopes is getting very, very thin, setting up that stage, right? And uh, Yep, yep, uh, about 2%, if I recall they, correctly. Even if they win out the rest of the games, they did, still may not make playoffs, and that is uh, very, very stressful for a FlyQuest fan, I would believe. Yes, uh, it has been a very rocky road for anyone in the Fly fam over <laughs> the past couple weeks. Oh, man. Uh, but you know what? The turnaround started where it needed to start, against us. It was a massacre, and we'll dive in a little bit of the massacre. Can you see the screen, by the way? Can you see it? Perfect. I can indeed, I will yes. pull up the game, and we will get a chance to break down, uh, you know, just break down a whole lot of fun stuff that you get to walk me through. Because what I was hoping for in this episode is that you can teach me how to watch a game. I'm a casual watcher, right? And you know, I uh, look at the draft as like, this makes sense. This doesn't make sense. I have to pick the brain of some people. Most of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm looking at this through the eyes of a solo queue fan. Then when I watch the games, it's like, 
oh, he got caught out. Oh, they tr- forced too much. So I'm I'm more of a casual watcher, right? I think you have more of a deeper understanding, a more in-depth look. And so I'm hoping that you can uh, teach us to watch the game uh, through your uh, eyes. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't know how high level I can say that my viewing skills actually are, but I will try my be- I will try my best to show what I do know. And that is perfect because you definitely know more than I do. <laughs> I can say that. Okay, let me... We'll start from here. The pick and ban. Uh, let me take this off. We're right at the tail end of the uh, pick and ban phase, right? And... We're seeing here right uh, everything except the except the last pick for FlyQuest because you all are on red side is taken. So walk me through here. What are you seeing? How are you interpreting this uh, pick and ban? And and you know, go. Let's go from there. So first things first, uh, let's cover the first three bands from both sides, right? Um, on EG's side, who's blue, uh, you have Renekton, Rakan, and Sejuan. Uh, Renekton, I feel like if anyone who's been kind of following FlyQuest the past couple of weeks, uh, like that band should be pretty obvious, right? That's pretty much all that Impact has been playing. It has been go- his go-to mm-hmm. pick. Um, and it looks fairly solid mm-hmm. on it, right? And I would say typically... On average, not every game, but on average, he's looked like the best performing member of FlyQuest this split, which uh, as someone who's meant to be a weak side top laner, that's not good, <laughs> right? But that's what EG's targeting here. Um, so along with that, uh, EG's trying to make sure Vulcan, who is probably a little stronger on the engaged support side rather than the enchanted support side, is kind of neutered a little bit. And Rakan has been a very, very good champion for him. So you're going to take that off the table. And then... Lately, with what Vic has been playing, the Jace, um, and just other kind of what's in his champion pool, Sejuani typically pairs very well with that, right? So just nice, easy jungle ban. Uh, it's also something that for Armeo's sake, it's easy to track his padding timers a little better if it's not on Sejuani. Because Sejuani, while maybe not the fastest clear in the world, is very mm-hmm. flexible in how she clears. So it helps kind of narrow down how easy you can track speaking in the jungle. On the flip side, you have FlyQuest, you have LeBlanc ban, which JoJo has absolutely been abusing people with them in, in the mid lane, because that's kind of how this EG team mm-hmm. has been operating the split, right? Is basically like, hey, we're getting in the lane, we're going to bully the crap out of you, and then once you're pushed under tower and low health, is going to dive you with JoJo, and then the game's broken open and it's just over yep. from there, right? So, especially with the uh, outside of game knowledge of basically Vikla's not been performing well, the game before Spearax was just playing, um, Fly is like, let's just try and give Vikla a nice, easy lane matchup or as easy as one that we can mm-hmm. get him, right? So let's take the LeBlanc off the table. Um, Ivern and Poppy are just both very, very strong, strong flexible, uh, utility-based uh, champions, mm-hmm. right? And so taking those away from EG uh, helps kind of narrow down what EG can do, especially since a lot of uh, EG's power and strength comes from Jojo in the mid lane. So if he doesn't really have that utility based around him or helping protect him, uh, things can get a little rough, mm-hmm. right? So those are kind of the two game plans I, I see personally when I see these first three bands. And let me know if I'm getting too No, no, this is good. This is good. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So yeah, the mindset, the teams, the coaching are preparing. And I, I see definitely there's some familiarity here, right? Um, the Renekton is an impact. DGR is familiar. You know, this is our old pal impact uh but i i am a bit surprised uh, i know 
on the whole, Ivern and Poppy are strong junglers. I just don't know how much they fit in terms of how Armeo plays them. Now, I will say Armeo has been surprising to me this whole split up until this point, of course. Uh, but <clears throat> the, those are, I guess, they're prepared for this. They they really are targeting the what I'm hearing, the, the mid-jungle uh, duo just to make sure that they don't get those uh, strong picks. And like you said, the game plan is to take Jojo Pyun out. He has been the focal point for Evil Geniuses. Yeah. Um, generally, the for me, not that there's anything wrong with Unforgiven and Ayla or Revenge for that matter. I think for me as a outside fan or someone who's not in the EG mm-hmm. fandom, right? Uh, for me, I, I look at this team and for me, they're just, they're the backup. They're, they're the guys who are standing behind Jojo. It's like, Hey, whatever you don't get, mm-hmm. we'll clean up. Like they are the yeah. cleanup crew and they're, they're very good at it too. But I haven't really seen that many um, instances where revenge or unforgiven are doing their own carrying all mm-hmm. that much. Right. And so it, it, it is what it is. I mean, especially if Jojo continues to crack heads like he has been, but, I mean, that's kind of what people were calling out on the dive and uh, other podcasts and shows in the LCS of just like, I don't know if the current game plan for EG and this drafting style is sustainable. And so this week maybe showed that it's not, but we'll see what it's like going on next week too. Yeah, that brings up a good point. And you just reminded me before this week, right? Uh, Speaker was the guest on the dive calling out EG as fraudulent or at least that's the headline i I get i did get a chance to get in more context of course he's not flaming us for being bad or anything it's just we're not as good maybe as some of the teams that are shown and this week kind of shows that and this is not what we want to be going into the playoffs so just limping in um the drafts is is really something that worries me it's it makes me think like are we not adapting well are we just not making the adjustment you're saying that you know we had a uh, an unprecedented um, okay maybe not unprecedented but we were operating under uh, some like this our, our drafting has should not have been sustainable is that what I'm getting correctly uh, not 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 the drafting, uh, so to speak, but more of um, the reliance mm. on JoJo was uh, too heavy, True. too heavy handed, okay. if you will. Um, you'll notice as like team, like, are, are you an NBA fan? <laughs> I do follow casually, again casual. <laughs> okay, okay. So I mean, generally, typically, what happens is during the regular season and, and NBA, you'll notice a lot of teams will try out different strategies. They're not like the players aren't quite hustling as hard. Um, so on and so forth, right? And so, and then there's also teams who are like, they kind of figure out something and they'll make like late season runs to sneak into those like uh, playing spots uh, for the playoffs. And typically what ends up happening is those pl- those teams get in and it's like, they looked kind of good going in. They were on a streak, but it's because they kind of had like a one-dimensional mm-hmm. play style and they get found out and basically teams will diversify around them that counter that one t- particular strategy and then they get shut out 4-0. EG, to bring it back to League of Legends, is kind of giving me that vibe right now where they've figured out a really really good strat and i don't even not even like 100 thieves like really good strat from spring right where they went on that mm-hmm. seven game win streak i mean like this is an actual legitimate strategy but teams are going to start figuring out like hey jojo likes to push the mid lane jojo likes mm-hmm. to bully it's around these time frames and then armeo likes to come in and shut it down and they break the game mm-hmm. open from there and eg is very good mm-hmm. from there too like the mid games yeah. are fine 
But if they don't get that open, which this week showed, they start to struggle because these games were stomps. Like, like if you don't yes. mind me saying. Oh, that. man. <laughs> I've, I've, it, since the beginning of the pot, mm-hmm. I was like, we got crushed. We got stomped. I mean, most of these games that we played this week, it's probably going to be shorter than this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you'll you'll notice like a lot of the EG's games are done by like the eight or nine mm-hmm. theoretically or like metaphorically, right? Well, obviously the games end at like twenty minutes or whatever, but like metaphorically and like in scrim culture, they're done at like mm-hmm. the eight or nine minute mark. So hopefully, what ends up happening going forward for EG in the uh, next week is they learn to diversify and learn not to play so heavy heavy handed around JoJo because if JoJo doesn't get his lane win which especially in international competition probably isn't going to happen not that he's going to lose lane but he's probably not going to be winning lane that hard um they need to be prepared to be able to have unforgiven do a little more work or revenge gets his own advantages not that he hasn't but he needs to get him a little harder so Mm -hmm. on and so forth so um we've kind of delved away from draft you want to like wrap up draft? let's let's get back good good segue okay okay so um one is Tristana, which again, very JoJo esque. It's very uh, poke heavy in the mid lane, very like early, like pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, FlyQuest follows up with the Rel Kaisa, which is great because it's two mm-hmm. flex picks. Like the Kaisa could go mid, it can go bot, the Rel could go jungle, it could go support. So EG's not sure what they're working with yet. So, hey, Unforgiven goes with a nice and easy Zaya, very safe pick, but also very aggressive at the same time. And then lo and behold, uh, champion that can help jojo dive if needed and gives lots of zone control very very standard for eg uh on, honestly a good pick like maokai is a good pick here I think, from what's being shown and then fly follow up with jace um i'm not gonna dive into that i have my own <laughs> thoughts on jace and how it applies to doing with it but well but this is not a fly close podcast <laughs> um eg then go into the next ban phase uh they ban gwen and jacks targeting mm-hmm. impact uh just to make sure because he's been like i said the renekton which is very bruisery very uh, da- a little more damage oriented right kind of being able to be his own mm-hmm. carry so targeting him a little bit more which all well and good makes sense giving uh room for revenge to breathe and whatever he needs to pick and then fly is making sure that their bot lane their their main centric carry um gets a little more easy access to whatever they need. So they ban out the Milia, which is extremely overpowered right now, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then the Braum, which is great when, say, EG has two eighty carries, just like or they do. Sorry about that. Um, counterpick, but because they have this read mm-hmm. on the champion play- So then you get in the draft. Um, Cassante is picked, which probably the biggest iffy thing about this draft for me. I'm not a huge fan of Cassante right now, especially mm-hmm. blind. It can be good still, but I think it's had so many nerfs with the uh, past couple patches that it's just no longer what it used to be. Um, fly follow up with. It's actually the Rumble, Rumble. first. Mm-hmm. I apologize. So never mind. So, which is a bit interesting. I guess Cassante can win that. I still don't think so personally, but maybe I'm missing something in that particular matchup. But it was Rumble first, and then the Cassante, and then the uh, Nautilus follow up to help make sure getting engaged that's needed for EG. Very solid, well-rounded draft outside of the top lane for me personally. I just don't like the Cassante. And then Fly finally rounds it out with the Alistar, which with uh, three different melee champions and then a Tristana, which if you buffer it right, you can knock out of the uh, rocket jump, can be very, very mm-hmm. strong, right? So there's lots of, like, strengths and weaknesses to this. Uh, EG is very, like, early in-game, uh, engage, and then with 280 carries can team fight later very well between the zoning control of the and even the Cassante to a certain extent, right? EG's looking for a very early game-centric plan and then break out into 5v5s yeah. later. 
you look at Fly's comp and you have Kaisa and Jace and to a certain extent Mal uh, Rumble rather uh, with his ult, which can theoretically poke out if need be. And then you have two zone agents of Alistar and Rel to make sure they can buy space for the poke champs. So it's very like a poke champ oriented game versus a early lane pressure into 5v5's pressure. What do you think is better in this current meta? I'll let you decide for yourself. <laughs> it is definitely, uh, you know, each team has their own philosophy about like what works. Although I will say, and you bring up this point, something that I've typically been um, fair and not critical of EG is that once they hone in, zone in on a early game comp, they have to make something happen. And one of the two things happened last year. They couldn't get the advantage as an early game comp, and they, they just like stalled and they lose out. This year, it seems like they try everything and they they lose very quickly, and the game is over before, like you said, eight minute, ten minute mark. Um, what's interesting to me so far is uh, as you kind of break down uh, this this comp, uh, this draft. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is that they banned out the Rakan, and then they go went ahead and picked the Zaya, um, which you know, it's an eyebrow razor for me. I wonder if they were hoping to get the Kaisa, but instead uh, Fly took the Kaisa from them. They were not expecting that. Uh, I, I think Kaisa is a very, very high uh, priority mm-hmm. draft pick right now. So I would not be surprised if EG was actually aiming to go for the Kaisa. So it's a good possibility. Mm-hmm. And so picking the Zaya in this case, I, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> uh <clears throat> The, the, there, there's pros mm-hmm. and cons to it, right? You don't have the recon that, that synergizes mm-hmm. with it, right? Um, but you also have to consider that when you see a Rel Kaisa go in, like, your mind is screaming dive, dive, mm-hmm. dive, right? Like, Kaisa's a very dive-heavy champ. Rel can dive as well. And so is a very, very nice, True. safe counterpick to that due to roll to it. So from where it was in the draft, correct, uh, like, I in the sense, like, there probably were better picks, right, in the entirety of the draft. But for where it came in the draft, I think the Zaya is actually a good mm. pick here. All right. All right. So there's more thoughts going there. See, this is why I need you to kind of help, you know, slow me down. <laughs> my, my solo queue brain I'm... is like, ah, oh, this is weird. <laughs> kind of a... Uh... But, yeah. No, in, in, so, in solo queue, you, you, I think this would probably be a little bit of a mm-hmm. brief draft. But... um for competitive, I, I do think the Zaya is smart here. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we see a lot of uh, CC coming out from Fly, his comp, and, and everything. You can you can carry from any of these three positions that I'm looking in, into in this uh, the the composition that they have. Uh, the Rumble does a huge amount of damage. Um, Vikla on Chase. I don't know if you remember this, but um, was it? Yeah, it was Spring. Fikla just owned JoJo on the on the Jace. I know you have your thoughts about Jace. Uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, <laughs> Prince, you know, took the Kai'Sa. The strong, is one of the strongest ADC. It's across all regions. Kai'Sa has been highly contested. And so we can see, we'll, you'll see in this game how strong she can become. And in the hands of Prince, that is just, um, it's it's a nuclear weapon. And Vulcan just played the Alistar really, really well. Um, and so... This is a very good comp. I, I think the Rel Kaisa flex, like you mentioned, right, was exactly the same way we drafted the day before. We went Kaisa Rel, uh, and everyone th- was thinking, "Oh, the bot lane is secured," but no, uh, they're putting Rel on jungle. And I think this is bit of a 
we'll show you how this really needs to, how this works <laughs> kind of uh, draft. So kudos to Fly. Hmm. All right. So as we head into the game, are there? Uh, where, of course, we won't be watching the full game. Are there certain um, you know areas that you've highlighted or uh, picked out that would be interesting for us to break down? Um, big thing I wanted to highlight at first was that level one uh, mid lane uh, push that they do, like right at the very beginning of the game. Eg specifically, uh, I want to highlight this because what happens is. I'm not sure what the thought process is from Vikla or FlyQuest in general, right? Mm -hmm. But basically, EG pushes up, and they skirt the vision of the tower just barely, and basically they pop Vikla's flash. And it's very, very smart. It's very, very good. And I'm not really sure what Vikla is doing there. Uh, I think typically it's smarter to be even further up, so that Mm -hmm. way you can get the vision quicker and sooner. So it's a a very good play from EG. like, I'm kind of rewatching it right now myself mm-hmm. as it happens. And it's just, I don't know how Vikla doesn't spot it. So Flash is popped. It's very good. JoJo's like, oh, it's done, right? Mm-hmm. You know in comms, like, JoJo's like, oh, this game's done, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very, very important and distinct moment in the game. Um, outside of that, I think the real big highlight thing for me was the bot lane. When, if I'm going to be honest here... A- Ayla kind of flips the game here. Um, I'm trying to find the timestamp mm. again, but basically it's that first, like first blood, basically. Mm. Um, Ayla hooks in and basically speak is there. It's right after the first Drake happens. And it's just, I don't know why Ayla hooks in there because theoretically you should know the jungler's still there. Cause Drake was taken, not even like seven seconds prior, give or take. You should know that it's still like a numbers advantage for FlyQuest even if speakers maybe possibly a little bit behind, like even even went heading towards his jungle, he's still very close by. And so I don't know why Unforgiven thought that they could, or Ayla rather thought they could get the kill that quickly. Like I can see Armeo coming like a little bit behind, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. The time, the timing's just not quite there. And so uh, that that's how first blood and second blood happens for mm-hmm. FlyQuest, which I just thought was interesting. And by all means, give your own thoughts yeah, on it. Yeah, so too. we're watching this uh, for those who are watching. Yep. You know that Spika is still in the area, or at least there is a good chance. And that hook, like you said, he just saw it. Uh, I think his brain turned into like uh, bronze silver right away. I can hook, I can stun, I can give my I can give the Zaya the kill, but Ooh, that was that was rough. Let's rewatch that a little bit again. Um, so we're at the six. Uh, for those who are following on audio only, we're at the six thirty mark. Uh, Dragon is being contested. I think Unforgiven Ayla just got back into lane after basing, so he sees the Kaisa. Uh, the wave is being pushed in right at this point, so. Let's see, level five, five. Uh, he sees Vulcan as level four. You think that plays a factor into it? Being like, I mean, I'm sure the level of, uh, the level disadvantage in favor of EG is probably like, yeah, it's probably taken into consideration or not, or not EG mm-hmm. to fly right. Like, I'm trying to look at your number. Um, no, it is for EG. So I'm sure that takes it in play. It's like, hey, I'm stronger. I have a level advantage, but it just. Uh, level advantage doesn't change the fact that you're going to be fighting momentarily 2v3 until your jungler gets there, who's way further than behind than where Spika could possibly be. It's one of those things like uh, you just have, you have to take the consideration mm-hmm. in the mind. Like you have to think 
Spica could mm-hmm. be here. And so it's better just don't engage. Like, I know you're calling your jungler because it's like, hey, we've got push. This is great for us. Like, get over here. But, uh, yeah, it was just, I, I guess, Ayla was a little gung-ho and just went for it. And re- the reality of the matter is it's just there was never a play there to begin with. And instead what ends up happening is they turn mm. it around. It's a nice free two kills for fly. They also really didn't pay attention to summoners at that because he got ignited and just like whew, melted down. Uh, well, we, this is a deficit and certainly not a deficit that we can't overcome, but you don't, it, it, at some point in this game, you just felt like EG had no, there, there was all gone. It was all lost. Um, and, these are some of the plays that Ayla make throughout the split. You know, we it, it's it's not highlighted as much because we were winning a lot, but uh, for for a lot of our uh, members and the EG Discord, they noted some of these um, too too what do they call it too eager of a play by Ayla to show what he can do. To I don't know, maybe he still has that whole Vulcan thing in back of his mind, even though he already won our first match. Uh, you know, he just tries to be too proactive, if that's even the thing. Uh, at this point, he probably get, did get spotted out by Vulcan. Hiding in that bush does nothing. Yeah, so <laughs> what, what, what you're highlighting here is very interesting, right? So mm-hmm. basically, Vikla is actually punishing Jojo fairly hard right now, mm-hmm. right? He's chunking him out. And Ayla's in the bush, and you see Vulcan walking up. And so basically, it's kind of like, what do you want to do here? You can kind of hold off Vulcan a little bit, and you can just let the lane state kind of go back to neutral. Because I think in that moment, the wave is starting to push towards uh, Jojo. So theoretically, he should be fine as long as Ayla just hangs around and prevents a dive from happening. And instead, what ends up happening is I think uh, Ayla tries to hook Vikla, misses, hooks the minion, gets brought in too far. And it's like, well, okay, now I have no Q. Jojo's chunked. And basically, we have no resources currently right now because all summoners from both Jojo and Ayla are gone. And Vulcan's just licking his chops right here, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, and it's a nice, easy WQ combo. Vickler goes back in. Nice, easy kill on a Jojo. Man, this... A lot of times I do see Ayla and Armeo is in the vicinity. I wonder who's making the call here at this point. But that that definitely... Mm. It was too, too high risk of a call. So I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that one definitely seems more of an individual mm. oopsies on Ayla's part. Like, whereas the bot lane thing, I think that is a actual team call of, like, Unforgiven and Ayla going, hey, Armeo, come over here. Like, we can punish them. Like, this is great for us. And then I think Ayla's just a little bit ahead of the tempo that he needed to be, and that's what resulted in that bot lane incident. That right there is just, I don't know, Ayla being a little gung-ho, <laughs> That's I tilt. I, I'll just I'll, leave I'll it call that, that tilt. He's... Probably tilted at this point. It's like I got spotted. I don't know what to do. Do I take the chance? Throw in the hook. It hits a minion. Ooh, this all feels discombobulated. Um, and you know, the game just at this point, uh, it's still not out of the realm. But again, this comp is meant to play for early, right? I mean, you still have you know hypercarry and Tristana, but. She's not having any advantages right now. Vikla is uh, not too much ahead by CS, but it is she, he is um, definitely have more control. And here, Jojo oversteps without a flash. They know he doesn't have a flash. Uh, 
Yeah, he, he plays it well mm-hmm. to get out there. Um, there's a lot more kind of scrapping that ha- happens for the – what are you at, like yeah. the nine-minute mark? There's a lot more scrapping that happens for about the next 45 seconds until there's a very, very good dive. Uh, well, I, uh, I shouldn't say very good. There is a dive by EG that results in two kills. Um, however, because of how long it takes and how far they have to go – it, it basically like kind of it's a net even and which I mean for EG's sake is technically better from the game state that they're in right now but it really doesn't do all that much because how early the game is like it still accelerates fly mm-hmm. too so it, I mean technic it's a very technical like it's better for EG in this sense but the reality of the matter is oh actually no now I'm just now realizing it's a three for two in favor mm-hmm. of fly so fly actually comes out even more on top yeah. of it so um yeah, I I think at this point what EG's is start EG's starting to realize is they're just falling behind in tempo. And as you've seen throughout the split in EG games, uh they just keep mm-hmm. sending it. Which I personally think is the correct call, because at some point if the enemy ever messes up, you're back mm-hmm. in the game. Um at the same time though, League of Legends is a very brutal game and you can continue to just snowball your own. Mm-hmm. So there's two different philosophies for it. I personally love EG style of just send it. And then if it, ha- it happens that you don't win it, just go next. That's fine. Especially in best of mm-hmm. fives, right? Like they're good enough to ha- like take the next game after that. So um, at this point, 11 minutes in the game, effectively, like I know this game goes on for probably what, yeah, 10 minutes, risk. 12, 15 minutes, but effectively the game, the game yeah. is just done mm-hmm. here. Right. This is the risk that they keep taking. Like you said, they they have to make something happen. They know that you know just playing it slow will likely result in them getting slowly uh, chunk uh, killed out as well. But at the same time, it looks really messy. Look, he's having so much fun. Uh well, at least he's having fun. <clears throat> he, he's being a keyboard warrior, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, that's our JoJo for us. But um, he, the the game is pretty much done uh, with such a big... This is a monstrosity's lead. Uh, gold aside, right? You have the dragon advantage. You know, uh, just even looking at the map, um, you don't see where EG can find their advantages. They they have to look for picks at this point, and I don't think they have the vision, uh, even have the visions to, uh, to achieve that. Uh, I see a couple of, like, pink wards in, in EG's like side from FlyQuest. So very good play. Very good play by y'all. Um, anything else you want to point out from this game before I kind of conclude? Uh, not particularly from this game. I think overall arching thoughts from EG this past weekend for me are just uh, need to have, I need to see Ayla slow it down a little bit. I think he's getting a little too hypey, and which is kind of the reason, at least for this game. I really like. I know what happened in the other two games, but I didn't really watch those. But at least in this game, Ayla was a little too hypey and going a little bit ahead of his AD carry and his jungler um, and his mid laner in a mid lane fight. Um, and I probably just need to see a little more uh, diversification in Armeo's like jungle pathing and making. Like not being so, and just like the team's reliance on JoJo to win mm-hmm. lane, right? Like because this was not a game where JoJo JoJo had a flash advantage, but basically JoJo wasn't winning after right. a certain mm-hmm. point, right? Just due to what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if EG can diverse, I think they'll be really, really good still. Wonderful. I, the hope, my hope, my copium at this point is that we're just uh, limit testing and uh, you know noting that we we do have 
we are going to the playoffs at this point. We we were not guaranteed anything uh, in terms of the winners bracket. Um, maybe that's what they're trying to do because this is a different look than what we showed in the early split. Or you know what? I have to take that back. This is more over reliance on a strategy that worked for us uh, early on, and every team is adapting. Uh, I also like to give you a chance. I know um, you know. Every time I have a guest on, they, they get to talk about their team as well. You have a very good week. It's a 3-0 week for FlyQuest. Uh, what does that mean? What are you seeing? Why did it take this long for them to kind of figure things out? Uh, 3-0 week or 0-3 week? <laughs> for for Fly? Yeah. You guys had a 3-0 week, right? Uh, no, we, we went 0-3. We had a 3-0 week 4. Uh, we went 0-3 on week 5. No. Oh, no, that's true. We went uh, one and two. One and two. Sorry. Yeah, you got the energy. We just talked about it. Wow. I am so lost. But one and two, yeah. uh, we, we, went we one, need yeah. a 3-0 just to have a chance for a tie break. And that also is predicated on 100 uh, dropping uh, two of their three or three of their three. So what what it is, is FlyQuest, no mm. matter what, has to have a 3-0. Mm. They have to 3-0. If they lose any games, mm. they're done. On top of this, the caveat is one of Dig and 100 Thieves has to go 0-3. Dig and 100 Thieves are the final game on Wednesday mm. of this week. So one of those teams automatically gets a win versus mm. the other. So whoever loses that game, FlyQuest and FlyQuest fans are praying for their downfall. So personally for me, 100 Thieves lineup is Dignitas into NRG into mm. Golden Guardians. Whereas Dignitas is... is 100 Thieves, Golden Guardians, so same mm-hmm. matchup right there, and Team Liquid. Personally, for me, I think Dignitas has the harder week, so I'm really hoping 100 Thieves wins versus Dignitas because there's a better chance mm. that Dig ends up dropping the other games to Golden Guardians and Team Liquid. Yes. Oh, man, I didn't realize you guys lost to Liquid. I thought you guys won that. I was I was watching it halfway through. <laughs> no, uh, we, 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 were, uh, we were doing okay. Oh man! Was, uh, oh man! I am so sorry. It, it's... it's okay. I'm I'm actually a FlyQuest Challengers fan. Uh, uh, they're second in the league right now. They secured second seed. A uh, very very mm-hmm. good team. Spirax is great. Masu is going to be the next Danny of the league. <laughs> um, keep an eye on him. Uh, yeah, w- watch out for this team. They're great. I I watched one of the games. They O two us. They O two ch- our Ichi challenger. And Masu was the huge favorite in the Twitch chat. Um, what's funny is you guys actually two owed FlyQuest challenge last week. Last week, and then our first playoff is against one another. Second versus seventh seed. <laughs> yes, sir. It is. But so here's the thing. I I know you guys recently like. Uh, have been on a tear. I know you dropped O2 to DSG today, but like <laughs> your all's team has leveled up a lot. And I, I, if you're, I, I forget if you're in my Discord or not, Prime, mm-hmm. but uh, you can check my like receipts in there. I was like, I really want EG to win a game so they don't play us. Because <laughs> if you guys won a game today, you would have, uh, you would have moved up in, to six instead, mm-hmm. and we would have played AOE instead, and then you would have played DSG. I was like, I wanted to dodge you guys. Instead, now we have to play you. <laughs> oh man, that that's that's a huge amount of respect. I think that it's very nice that Surdy is finally adjusting. I think we, it was kind of rough for us in the beginning, um, but 
we were able to take a game from yeah, sir, sir. Uh, Team Liquid Honda, our Team Liquid Challengers yesterday, and that was that showed me something. I'm excited. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, Surdy came in for Seoul, and has looked uh, the team has looked a lot better mm-hmm. since then. But uh, yeah, FlyQuest Challengers. Uh, Spirex had his moment. Uh, we that was. I'm, I'm not going to touch on that too much. It was a fun meme back and forth though, but kind of a shut us up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Challengers is exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to introduce as much Challenger into this pod as well. Um, I'm, I'm loving. I'm I really, really praying that uh, next year they're really going to do something about uh, you know this the the tier this is tier two right challengers yeah this is tier two um because it's exciting every time i get to watch it it's fun uh lcs is fun too no lie but um you know challengers is where you know you get to see the na talents you get to see a lot of good stuff happening you get to see and identify some players before they make it to the lcs um Mm-hmm. So it, little thing. So I, I don't know. If you, have you seen all the riot announcement stuff that's happening supposedly tonight? Uh, not tonight. I I was about to um, catch up on that. I know something broke tonight. So I, I don't know if it broke already mm-hmm. or what. But basically, the reason Hotline League happened last night is because they didn't want to do it over the course of riot's announcement. And I think what a lot of people are theorizing is the new uh, format for the season of next year is coming oh. out. And part of that, I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk mm-hmm. about it, right? There's a lot of different things coming. There's a theory of three sweats, yada, yada. But in regards to tier two, uh, I've heard whispers that there is international play on the table for tier two teams Ooh. in North America. I don't know against who. I don't know if it's going to Europe. I don't know if it's going to be like America's specific. So like CB Lowell, like their academy teams or LLA tier two. I don't know what the, I don't know exactly, but. I've heard whispers of tier two international plays on the table. So I think that is very, very oh, exciting. Man. That is that I want to see that. I want to watch how we, our talents are doing. And, yes. you know, this would introduce a lot more. Uh, I, I, I think it would, it would bring more casual uh, people's interest to watch all of that. And we get to cheer for the guys that we don't just uh, typically get to see on LCS broadcast. Right. Ooh. Absolutely. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm excited. That that does actually uh give me some more positivity. It's we need a lot of that <laughs> after what happened this past off season. Um with, uh, yeah. with you know <laughs> NA overall. Good, good. I'm looking forward to that. And once that breaks, uh, you know, you'll find it on our Twitter. I'm sure you'll be tweeting about it. I'll be our uh, you know, uh retweeting you. Ooh. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I think uh, you really helped us, you know, learn to watch this game uh, a little bit better. I've certainly got a lot from tonight's, um, you know, breakdown of the stomping that we received and deservedly so. Um, hoping for you, man. I really, honestly, really want to see FlyQuest in the playoffs and at least challenge for a, a world spot. I know it, it feels like a long shot, but I just see the team finally coming together. There, something's being figured, figuring out slowly. Um, for EG, it's still a long shot. I think we we played well. I, this was part of my fear. We did so well in the early part 
that we fail to not fail, but just not adjust well. And we're kind of seeing a little bit of a, you know, wake up call of, of, of our, our strategy. Um, but that's, you know, this is what makes the LCS exciting for me, man. It's just like everything can change on a dime. And as we walk into the playoffs, this is the last week of regular split, right? We want to see greatness. We want to see our boys uh, do well. And so I extend good luck to you. I wish that we could have helped in that regard to push you all up. We did with the best that we could. We beat Dig. We beat Hundred Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did help. <laughs> you did. You did help. That's uh, that was needed. Uh, mm. Yeah. Any final thoughts for us before we close out today's pod? Um. I think uh, EG. I think every team has a moment sometime in the year where they just they have to take a moment to uh, get smacked around a little bit and learn. And I think hopefully this week was it for EG, and then they bounce back next week and they go roaring into playoffs like stronger than ever. So I hopefully believe that this was EG's learning. It's all well and good. Even Cloud9 has been having kind of learning moments the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks, right? So... With that said, um, if this was truly their learning moment and they figure out what they need to do, I think they're going to be a scary team come playoffs, and I think you should uh, fans should be excited to see them come Worlds. <sighs> worlds. It feels so like a myth uh, going back as far as the beginning of summer. Thank you so much, Knox, and really thank you for jumping in, uh, you know, making it happen. Absolutely. I, I apologize for showing up late because I can't read time zones. You show up uh, exactly when we needed to. So that's, uh, you know, hopefully that's a sign for FlyQuest, showing up when it matters the most. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope so. All right, folks. Um, we will be rooting for this final week of the LCS. Whatever may happen, we will find out on the next episode of Live Evil Pod. So until next time, friends, uh, evil ones, live evil. Good to go. All right. All right, cool.